What we have here is a boost. A signal, a signal boost. boost. A boost for comic book Kickstarter campaigns. Brought to you by Spoiler Country. Each episode we bring you current campaigns that we think you should support. Talk with the creators to give you insight into the project and spread the love of indie comic books. Now sit back, grab a drink, and listen to what we have to offer you today. Alright, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kendrick Reed. That's Johnny Risley. And today it's another episode of the Kickstarter Signal Boost. Yeah, man, these are uh, becoming kind of popular with people. I love it. Yeah, well, it's a cool concept. It's a cool idea. We get get the word out on people doing different things and showing what's out there. And they're easy for us to do. <laughs> yeah, that's not why we do it, though. Let's... No, no, no. I mean, they're easy for us. We <laughs> Don't tell record. our secrets, dude. Then other podcasters would be like, right. oh, we should do that, I too. Mean, they're super hard to do, man. It takes so much time. Don't ever do them. Just let us do them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, Johnny, what's wrong with you? A lot of things are wrong with me, man. You have no idea. <laughs> so we got three unique stories today. We do. We do. I'm, I'm liking these more and more from my point of view because for right now, because of you know, your work schedule, you haven't been able to join me on these yet. But for me, I'm getting to talk with all these people from different walks of life and what they're doing. And it's 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 kind of cool because connecting is great. Yeah. Well, and, and it's really become your project. You know what I mean? Yeah, like well, this was your concept is, and you started going out and doing everything. And it's, it's pretty cool. Right. But I, I'd like to bring you into the actual talking with people part. I feel like you and I banter really well with people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just and go it, back it and listen to our good, Ben Templesmith know? episode to prove that. Ah, that one's so good. Yeah, <laughs> I love that episode. Yeah, it was a good one. It's a lot of that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I look forward to hopefully doing that again soon. Yeah, we should like next week. No, we'll make up a reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, tomorrow night we'll just call we'll, we'll call our buddy Ben. It's I got cool. a hangnail. Ben, tell me what you think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how, how do we get, how do we do this? How do we how do we help Kendrick's hangnail? It's important, man. <laughs> Only you can help us. Oh yeah. Help me, Ben. You're our only hope. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's terrible. He'll be never come on now. But probably not. So we're our last episode was Justice League, and we've had a day or two to think about it. You still have the same thoughts on that movie? Yeah, I still like the movie. I still love the movie. I, I want to go back. Yeah, I'm, I'm still like... I really want to go down because I found out that Regal Cinema... I think it's Regal Cinemas in downtown Seattle has a couple 4DX screens. We should go through that while it's still there. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with you. I will, I will meet you there. Like rumble seats and everything? Come on. That would be awesome. Hell yeah. I'm game, dude. I'm game to go uh, there. Yeah, I've never 40. been to a 4DX. And, or maybe we should see if Thor's playing, since I don't think either one of us has seen that yet. Oh, no. That'd be, yeah, I haven't seen Thor yet, and I want to see it pretty bad. Yeah. So it'd be cool, too. Yeah. So we should do that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm game. I I, I, I like I love movies. I mean, I love going to see movies. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I'll go movies. see any movie. <laughs> I love them. I love movies. Nom 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 nom. Yeah, I only get to see you like once every convention. We you get to see me on Thursday, so, man. On Thanksgiving, yeah. Uh, okay, family. I'll see you Thanksgiving and I'll see you come Christmas. But I, I, typically, besides that, I saw you at Comic Con and I saw you at Jet City. <laughs> <laughs> you know, four months apart from each other. Well, you know, and you guys like totally. What's the word I'm looking for? Ransack Thanksgiving. My brother is all ready to say Thanksgiving at my house because he does it almost every year. And then Kaylee's all. <laughs> it goes back and forth between his house and our house. We've done it here. We've done it here a few times. Done the last it there, three years has been at Michael's. Yeah, because we've been moving and then have a house. Yeah. I like doing it at Michael's house, though, because he's he does it on the big green egg. It'll be great. I mean, I, don't yeah. read anything into it. I'm just what? saying I like doing it over there because. I'm going to go tell your niece that you don't want to, you don't want to come. Oh, please. <laughs> I got to do double duty though. Cause now me and Tafina have to go up to, uh, 
her aunts. Oh, do yeah, you? So we'll be at your house, and then we'll be cutting out somewhat early to go to, to her aunts. So got to hit both places. I have to make the turkey this year, and I haven't made a turkey in a couple of years. So I gotta like remember how remember what the fuck I'm doing. Oh my god, <laughs> is it gonna be dry? No, no, I've, I've never I've never made a dry turkey in my life. And anytime I've I've baked turkey, yeah. so it should be good. Does does lying out of your mouth taste like salt when you say that kind of stuff? A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to tell you it's going to be dry or crowded because then you won't want to come, and I want you to come. So, <laughs> well, that's what she said. <laughs> that is what she said. That's what I said. And you can and you can finally bring that animosity book you bought for me. You know, oh six, my god, eight dude, ago. I got to find it. I got to find it. <laughs> right. So there's a good chance that you or, won't get it. Or the Dark Knight three number. Oh my six, god, whatever it is. What you, happened to that book, me. dude? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I have looked and looked and looked, and I know I got all of them. You know what I mean? Right. Because I bought them all as they came out, and I know I had it. I want to. I haven't started reading it because I, I don't want to start reading it without having all of them. I don't know why. For some reason, it's ten dollars. I mean, you can go on eBay and pick it up. Anyways, <laughs> so we got three cool, unique stories to tell today, and the first one yeah, we do, man. is Morgan Iverson with Lumberjacks. Here we go. Uh, my name is Morgan Iverson. Uh, name of the book is Lumberjacks Number One by any means. How long has it been on Kickstarter so far? Because you're you're almost at goal, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, this we still have 27 days left to go, so I think it's, it's been three. I think the I think it started at like 11, you know, like 11 yeah. right around noon. So so it's, we still have 27 days left to go, and we're 91 percent 91 percent funded so far, which is exciting. That's got to feel good, man. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it. You know what? The crazy thing about it is that it it does feel good, but it's still nerve wracking. <laughs> it is, you know. So it's, um, it's going to be nerve wracking till the end, man. This is, this, is, this, is, this is your first one, right? Yeah, yeah, it's my first one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I've done a couple of Kickstarters before for comics, and even though you fund, even, even once you fund yourself, all right, where's this going to end? Where's this going to end? What can I do when it's done? Yes, you know, <laughs> yes, that is exactly it. <laughs> all of that is a concern. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's the first time you put your baby out there, so yep. you're like, oh my god, I hope it's, I hope it's okay. I hope it's okay. What can I do to make it okay? So, exactly. What's the What's the story about? Well, I mean, it's starting from I'm, I've been working on the origin novel for the, for the character Lumberjack for like this year, and it should be. Uh, I plan to have it done around New Year's uh, to be able to offer it as a Kickstarter reward. So it's taking place after the origin novel, and we're kind of dropping into Lumberjacks. He go he he's going through a transition of being a vigilante to learning how to become a hero, mm-hmm. and uh, in the story, he's going to encounter um, the people people that. Live, people that live in the hood and the type of mentality that goes on, you know, in, in um, African-American neighborhoods uh, where you have these type of mindsets that you can kind of get stuck into. And he encounters a situation there that kind of spills over into a um, he. Well, without giving too much of the story <laughs> away, he, <laughs> uh, he it spills over to a, a domestic situation between um, police officers and, and another family that you don't yet know and you come to know them as the story goes on right. and then it ends with something that's directly connected to that incident but you won't find out the true ending until um the end and it, there'll right. be a court case that takes place nice. so um yes yeah, it's, it's i i try to explain it in ways that i don't give away the plot twist because there's at least two big ones <laughs> and, um <laughs> But I mean, it's pretty much still is it, the 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 theme of the comic and and the four part series is is injustice, you know, and and when you're faced with injustice, how do you respond to it, and kind of what's the right way? That's why I named it by any means because that's a controversial 
term that was used by Malcolm X a long time ago, yep. uh, you know, saying that he wanted, you know, he wanted justice, he wanted equality, he wanted freedom by any means. Right. Uh, but what does that mean? It means different things to different people. And what your by any means means might be different from somebody else's. So that's kind of what the series is dealing with. Nice. Nice. Sounds yeah. good. So this is part yeah. of you. This is part of the, the fourth wall productions. How does this connect to the other characters? Yeah. Uh, so it is Lumberjacks' origin is very deeply uh, connected into uh, Ace Blade and uh, things that take place in place in Vegas City, especially one of his big villains, uh, Gutshot. Nice. Um, it's, it's directly connected to Gutshot, and this story, this specific story, it'll it'll connect back to Ace Blade again in Vegas City because of. Lumberjacks' wife also has uh, issues with gut shot, and it'll connect back in that way. It won't connect in this story. It'll be it'll keep unfolding in the next in the next four comics. It's a four part series, nice. so it'll be directly connected there, and you'll definitely see a crossover with Ace Blade for sure. <laughs> awesome, but, awesome. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, was this an idea you had before getting involved with Danny and, and Fourth Wall, or was it an idea you had that came out of that? How did you get? How did you get the idea for Lumberjacks? Um, yeah, it was, it's completely Danny's fault. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was writing, I, I was writing and he, he kind of inspired me, uh, to, to write. Like I love writing when I was little, but I kind of fell away from it. And, um, I, I saw that he, he had finished his Ace Blade novel mm-hmm. and I was like, man, that is huge. And you know, he got it published. I was like, yo, that's huge that I know somebody that did something like that so yeah um i started writing something and when i start and i sent it to him since he was a published author and asked him to look at it and see what he thought about it and he thought it was really good and he was like look i need new characters like can you help me at least come up with some character names to help me build my universe and i was like uh that sounds crazy but all right I, you know I, i'll help you <laughs> i was like i hope you come up because i mean i'd never known anybody i didn't grow up reading comics uh yeah. i, I love i love cartoon series and things like that but um, you know, I didn't grow up reading comics and stuff like that. So I wasn't like really stoked in it. So when he asked me to come up with characters, I was like, okay, I can think of some stuff. And since I didn't come up in comics, I usually, usually the ideas are original because I don't know you right. know much about comic storyline. So, come, uh, come as I started perspective there, it, exactly, exactly. So, so I mean, as I started to come up with character names, you know, Lumberjacks just came and the story came about I, I can't even honestly tell you where it came from you know <laughs> you know it's it just uh, the character I mean I, I had the idea for the character and and um and I mean honestly at first it was just it was just kind of like you know a hobby something to you know kick around every now and again but then the more that I got ideas and the more that me and Danny started to work through a storyline because I mean we have a pretty in-depth storyline that I mean it'll take us five to ten years to um, get through the storyline that we have just right now, you know. Um, so, <laughs> as we started to expand that, Lumberjack started to expand, and his character started to expand, and stuff like that. And now, I mean, it's a part of me. I mean, and yeah. you know, like any <laughs> any creator, any creator, you parts of yourself are in your characters, and there's definitely a lot of me in, in Lumberjacks, just like there's a lot of Danny and Ace Blade. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, if you know Danny, there's definitely a lot of Danny and Ace Blade for sure. Yeah, as a creator, so, you, you can't you can't help but put yourself into your characters, and at least in some exactly ways, is what happens. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Is this? Um, do you have plans to do anything else outside of Lumberjacks in the future? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, um, cool. I mean, yeah, Lumberjacks is Lumberjacks is. I mean, pretty much the way we have it set up right now, our four pillar characters right now to to kind of push uh, fourth wall into you know 
into our indie space is, uh, you know, we have Ace Blade. He's obviously the one that started everything. Um, and, and Danny has three comments out for Ace Blade already. Um, Lumberjacks, uh, my character, Black Scorpion, uh, our friend um, Marquise Lee. He, he has a character named Black Scorpion that we also have crossovers for already. Right. And uh, King Supreme. So uh, those are like our four pillar characters. I got to say, those, are, those, those four names are pretty badass. <laughs> Thanks. Just the names it, by man. themselves are pretty cool. And they all. Yeah. Yeah, they're all, I like, I like them. I, I read those the other day and I was like, those are fucking badass names. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Look, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come out here and roll out a character that has a name. Like, you know, I, I, I thought about that for a long time before I named my character. I, yeah. I didn't want my name to be like, you know, Leaf Man. Or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? The, easy, the easiest way to make a character name is just to take something that's normal. You know, we have Batman and right. Batman and yeah. Superman and... You know, like those names, I was like, I can't name my character anything like that. So, right. um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely really excited about, you know, <laughs> how, how much we have that crosses over. Like, I think that's the thing that really hopefully will set us apart in the Indies, uh, in, in, in our, um, spaces because our, our stories directly cross over, especially in the origin novels, all of the origin novels we have crossovers for. So, right. um, as people come into the universe, hopefully that's something that they'll see and, and love and appreciate. Cool. Yeah, a, a good a good tight universe of crossovers is well done. Is always a great read because it gives you yeah. you, have, you have your one story you read that you like, and then you can read more if you wanted to know more about that universe. Which is which is what it sounds like you're going to people are going to get here. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the plan. Especially, I mean, um, because of three the King Supreme. I think King Supreme is going to take place. His origin is going to take place way more in the comics than it will be a novel for him. Yeah. Um, but for Black, Black Scorpion, Ace Blade, and Lumberjacks, there'll be an origin novel for all of them. And, and when people, um, you know, hopefully get that, you know, we get this funded and what they get their hands on Lumberjacks number one, they'll, you know, there'll be, um, what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, breadcrumbs that lead back to Ace Blade, and Ace Blade has breadcrumbs that lead to Lumberjacks, and right. Black Scorpion has breadcrumbs that lead to Ace Blade. So they all feed each other. It sounds, that sounds awesome. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, it, it, they definitely cross over a lot. I gotta tell you that when I first saw the name Lumberjacks when we talked originally, my f- my mm-hmm. first visual impression in my head was mm-hmm. Jax from Mortal Kombat in a lumberjack outfit. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, hey, that, that's not a bad idea actually. Right. You know? <laughs> it's that's definitely not a bad idea. A big dude with two robotic arms, you know, chopping trees. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I I I wish I had thought of that actually. <laughs> robotic arms sounds really boss. Like, right. You know, it's a, I, it's a cool I, look, man. It's a cool look. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. I, I definitely, it, like I said, the, the, the look evolved too. You know, like I, I really wanted to, I've always been into like, as far as my favorite comic heroes, um, I mean, Batman was probably like, I love Batman, right. when I, especially I mean, the animated series. Oh, like, it's, it's I, just the, so good. Oh my God. The animated series was so amazing. I, and I, and I love that. So I, now mentality wise i mean that's that's what Jax is to me like you know i i love batman um but mentality wise lumberjacks is way more he's way closer to you know punisher wolverine type and mm. as far as how he goes about justice and that's why you know um that's why the, the any means yeah. you know part of this first comic is you know Jax has his way of justice and and something that you'll see in the universes that as you get to know these characters they all have completely different ways of how they go about inflicting justice or going about getting justice and 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 that's one of the big things for this for this comic is that um 
you will definitely see Jax's distinctive way of handling things. <laughs> he, 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 he is not... He is not Ace Blade. You will never mistake how Jack handles the situation for how Ace Blade handles right. the situation. That will never happen. Well, it's good so, you have. Um, it's good that they're different because it would be kind of boring if they all did things the same way. You know, you would have oh, man, much variation no, that, that way. Yeah, trust, trust me and believe. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's no delineation between. That's why I started the Kickstarter story the way that I did with. You know, Jackson's picture being up there and people say that he I, uh, it, a funny thing that just happened. Danny went to a, um, a elementary school and took um, he took photos of, of all of the characters and like lined them up. And then he asked the kids, like, which one of these looks like a hero, which one lo- looks like a villain? And like all of the kids said, Jax looks like a villain. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming I'm assuming it's because, you know, he's running for it with a huge axe in his head and he's got fire behind him right. and everything like that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's a pretty villainous looking run. I mean, he looks pretty yeah. angry. <laughs> See, and, and that and, and I, I think for Jax, he that's definitely that's why I compare him closer to Punisher. Like they don't have the same driving force, you know, right. uh, not not they don't have the same driving force. But the ang- that is definitely something that Jax is dealing with is, is the anger. And then how does he in the in the origin novel, you you definitely see him have to go through a transformation for, you know, a myriad of reasons in that in that um, book. But he's also it's also a righteous anger there. Like he has a reason to be that upset. Right. And um, and handle things the way he does. It's just the way that he does it is completely unique to um, the other characters. Right. But I would I would say Ace Blade is closest to Batman uh, as far as how he goes about things. Um, Jax is closest to Punisher. Right. <laughs> Black Scorpion is Black Scorpion is, is is Black Scorpion is a nice miss. He if he needs to do things and kill you, uh, he will. <laughs> but, but 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 I mean he's gonna avoid that if he if he has to because Black Scorpion is very much so about the mission. Jax is very much so about justice, and he doesn't right. care what it looks like, gender, none of that matters Skin to him. It's just exactly what's right and what's wrong. All that matters to him is what's right and what's wrong. Right. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to read these. I haven't read. I've so I've read pieces of Ace Blade. Um, mm-hmm. just some stuff Danny shared with me and stuff I've seen. I haven't read the mm-hmm. whole thing yet, but uh, the more and more I read about the fourth wall universe, the more ex- or, the more excited I get to read them. So I'm excited. Oh man, I appreciate yeah. it, man. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, anything else you want to say to anybody? I'm listening for the Kickstarter signal boost here about the book or about about the universe or anything. Yeah, well, I mean, um, more than anything, man, I, I just I, I want to make sure I thank the people that have already backed the project. I, I can't tell you guys how much it means to me, especially as my first one, and how much it means to the universe just to be able to get this one made. Because, I mean, Danny's got three comments out already. The Black Scorpion, uh, the first manga for that should be done in, uh, by December. It should be done. So, I mean, we're, we're really trying to gear up to make sure that the, the pillar characters that we have, we have at least one comic out for each pillar character so that when we hit these conventions next year, we can do it at full force and be like, this is what Fourth Wall has to offer and we have more coming. Nice. And um, we definitely want to just make a niche. And like I said, each, each, each character has their own way of handling things and, and you'll definitely see that come into conflict down the line, you know, um, about how, you know, how they go about things, but very much so like, you know, to me, the best Netflix Marvel series has been Daredevil season two. I mean, Pun- I just finished Punisher uh, and Punisher was amazing. I'm on <laughs> episode five right now. I'm five episodes. Yeah. In Punisher, and so far I love it. I promise you, I won't spoil anything for you, but like Punisher is definitely amazing. Yeah. But I, to me, Daredevil season two was that amazing because of Punisher. <laughs> you see, know what I'm saying? So, I, I agree. I think. Well, I, see, my opinion is, I think Daredevil season two, the first half was phenomenal. Yeah. 
but yeah. once, once Punisher left and Electric came in, I'm like, it was just not as good. I agree, that, <laughs> and that's and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, and hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully not to shade my other my my business partners and brothers, but that's the type of effect I want lumberjacks to have. I want yeah. people to want lumberjacks around. I want yeah. you know. Uh, especially, I mean, th- another thing about Lumberjacks, he's a fourth wall breaker. Of, of the characters that we have, uh. <laughs> he is he is 100% a fourth wall breaker. So there will be times, I can promise you in this comic, uh, we've already had somebody give a uh, uh, pledge of $250 to get a, a shout-out, get a cameo. We've also had somebody give $500 to be able to be a part of the recurring universe that's, in Lumberjacks. That's so cool, man. <laughs> yes, man. I, I'm so excited about that. You know, so so you'll definitely see Jacks break the fourth wall at least four times in this comic. Nice. So, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, uh, I'm, and I'm hoping that he has that type of effect, but I, I definitely know that um, as people continue to read uh, what we have and see where the storyline is going, I, we're we're just really excited about the storyline and how how much we have in it already. You know, and that that's the yeah. thing that makes us confident is that you know once you fall in love with Fourth Wall, you'll have plenty more years worth of stuff to come. We just need you guys' support to get it, get things started. That's all. Well, you guys are off to a good start, man. I mean, three coming up by Danny. You're you're almost at goal already. You got twenty six days, twenty seven days left. You're off yeah. to a great start. Yeah, man. I appreciate it, man. I really do. Thanks for talking to me today. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. So what did you think of Morgan? Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, man. It looks it looks pretty cool. He's a he's a super nice guy. Like I like the fact that he's he's touching on some social issues in the book, but not like hammering it down your throat. It's like they're kinda of like subplots to his story. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like he's got a unique story on his hands. Well, and Punisher with an axe, I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, I just watched the Punisher <laughs> series. I watched the whole thing. I'm on episode. I finished episode six last night. I watched episode seven tonight. Oh, nice! So, so far, I like it a lot. Yeah, so far, I love it. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of uh, unique character building. I, I should say there is. There's a lot of it's it's different from all the other shows, which is good, and it's not quite as like gun toting murdery as I expected a Punisher show to be, and that's a good thing, you know, because it still has that Punisher's a badass, but they're kind of dealt with more character building of the Punisher, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, eh, I kind of want the gun-toting killer crazy guy a little more. Well, you get it, but you you get you, you, you get, get that, it in you more spattering. More I I, yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed the whole thing. Don't get me good, wrong. Good. So far, Kayla and I are both loving it. Yeah. So we're having a hard time. We're having a hard time going to bed at night because we want to watch more and more, but we have to go to bed to get up for work and school in the morning and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing is that I noticed is I the sex scenes. Which is just stupid. Yeah. Just kind of bug. They shouldn't bug me, but they do because they're not moving the story forward. Well, they they're yeah they're kind actually. Of let's I talk mean, about they, it after you uh, you watch the whole thing because now I just yeah, I just but, thought of a point and I don't want to give anything away. I'll finish it up. Well, what we can do a whole episode on Punisher. Easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Easy. <laughs> All right. So who's next? So I guess next on our list is C. Gerardo with the MLAC Independent Comic Artist Show. Did I say that right? Is it MLAC or MLAC? I think it's MLAC. Okay, so the MLAC, and it's the Independent Comic Artist Show, which is a really cool concept. And so I'm really interested in, on what Gerardo has to say. Yeah, here, let's go and listen to it. I'll talk about it afterwards. Okay, my name is uh, Claudio Gerardo. I usually go by C. Gerardo. And our campaign is based on the fact that we want to do an exhibition for independent comics. We're calling it Comics, The Road to Independence. And our focus here is not to go with the the typical commercialized aspect of comics, which is the superhero fantasy science fiction, but artists who basically create independent comics uh, from a different perspective. 
So in our show, we're going to have uh, one artist who is going to be whose work is very psychological, surrealistic, another one who looks at prose, another one who does autobiographical, nice. uh, one who uses humor That's... Uh, in everyday life, and myself who actually looks at uh, comics as a form of art in terms of painting and painting and also um, uh, aesthetics. So we're raising money because we need at least $600 to cover our fee for the gallery rental space. Right. And one of the things that we're going to be doing with the show in order to enhance it and to really make it attractive to the audience is we're going to also have draw there. We're going to be drawing on the windows. So each artist will be doing a drawing on the window. So it'll actually look like a comic on That's the windows. Cool. That's really cool. And we're also going to be doing, have a reading room, uh, like an installation of a reading room where people will have designs to look at designs and read the comics. And when opening night, we'll also be having a, a comic performance uh, a reading. So one of the artists who has a uh, comic, he'll do at least 15 minutes worth of the reading. There'll be actors who will be each characters from the comic. He will also be doing the music on the spot. And then, so that's for the opening reception. And this, this whole comic, the reading of the comic will be in a video that when people come to see the exhibition, they can actually listen as they look at the comic as well. Our focus here is really to showcase that art, that comics are also a viable art form. Right. They're not because they shouldn't be considered low art. No, they should not. But high, high art. <laughs> and you know, and that the creators here are in fact artists themselves. They don't look at comics as just something for entertainment purposes, but more to explore certain themes and outlooks uh, in our contemporary world. That's really cool, man. Because like I've I've for long uh, said that indie comics is basically where get the truth in the world because you can do anything in a comic book. You have visuals and you have storytelling coming together. So if you can, you can do whatever you want in, in a comic book and not, not beholden to just doing superheroes or sci-fi or what the mainstream does. You can do anything. And that's awesome. I, this is, this sounds really cool. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Right. <laughs> so, so any questions? Sorry. Cause I'm not quite sure. Uh, what else I said at this no, point. No, it's, it's, I'm just, I'm just listening to what you're saying. I'm looking, I'm looking at the, the campaign on Indiegogo right now and it's, um, I'm a big fan of indie comics. I do. I draw indie comics myself, and I'm a creator myself. So I do comics on the side outside of my normal job, outside of the podcast. And it's funny because a lot of a lot of the people I talk to, especially recently, the last couple of years, their real drive to reading and doing comics is they want to read the independent comics versus the mainstream comics because they find more truth more truth in what they're reading in the indie comic scene, which is I think very true because you've got. And I feel like when people, when someone tells a story, it's not just, you know, superheroes fighting to save the day, you get more, mm-hmm. um, you have more emotion and more feeling behind the story that's being told and more truth comes out in that story. And I feel like comic books and comics is one of the only mediums that really has this ability to, to merge visuals and reading literature together into one to tell these stories together and let you use, you know, both your, your mind to create pictures as well as your eyes to see pictures to build this world for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, one of the things I could actually say to you, which is quite interesting, is uh, that uh, one of the things, um, how can I put this? One of the aspects of comics, which I thought was very interesting, was when there was um, a Chinese artist who actually said that Chinese have an, a saying, which is that you don't look at pictures, you read pictures. I thought this was kind of fascinating mm-hmm. with the idea of comics because we look at we consider comics something that you look at the pictures in order to follow the story. But then one of the things that got to me is 
what if in fact we're not really looking at the pictures what if we're actually reading the pictures right, right. and that's actually telling the stories and the text is actually used more as a way to enhance the imagery so that kind of flips a lot of it around it does, it does. and i think and i think that a lot of the artists that i have with the show who were able to come on they actually do that their focus is more on the imagery to actually tell the story. In other words, you have to read the images. Yes. And I think, and I kind of like that concept as well, because I think it's, it's a different way of, because I remember, I think it was in the 70s, one of the biggest complaints they had with certain comics, I think it was more from DC, I, I'm going to be in trouble if I say this, <laughs> but it's almost as though you read the drawing, what's happening, then there's a dialogue which talks about exactly what's happening in the drawing. Right. So it's almost like, why? That was very much... Uh, why yeah, that was the seventies way of doing like, Marvel and DC comics. Was, the, the narration would just tell you everything. If they wouldn't, they wouldn't let your mind figure anything out from the drawings, which is, I mean, the whole part of doing sequential art is that you don't have to say every word that's going on. The visuals, you read the page, the panels, and it tells you can tell what's going on from reading it that way. Absolutely, and I, I and I think this is also where the independence and the direction how some of these artists are going is they're seeing some of the potential that can be done in comics and the independent. Um, venue, for lack of a better word, is what really gives them that uh, opportunity to really try something new, to kind of explore different venues, to push some venues at risk. And I think what's also interesting is with the indie scene really growing the way it has, I mean, I read somewhere that uh, alternative and independent comics have become close to a billion-dollar market, yeah, which is unbelievable. <laughs> but what, they, what somebody has told me is the big companies like Marvel, DC, they'll actually no longer do town searches because there's so many independent comics. All they have to do is just look out there. And if they see somebody getting noticed, they'll grab them. Right. Uh, one good story I heard is Jeff Lemire yep. when he did some work. And I heard that because of his books, Essex County doing so well, what happened is DC grabbed them. Yeah. And of course they got a project. And so what they did is they brought in all his readers yep into DC Comics. <laughs> so now they have these readers and he of course has more exposure and now he's making a living. Or the other one which I thought was interesting is Top Shelf used to pub publish a number of works with Craig Thompson. Mm -hmm. Drawn and Quarterly just signed up top, uh, top, uh, Craig Thompson <laughs> and they're republishing Blankets. Oh, really? So, nice. Yeah, they're republishing Blankets. I'm like, What's already been published? Why are you republishing it? But it's almost like we want to have it under our title right. now. And make money, make money off the so, property. Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I just think it's uh, it's really interesting. You're seeing these independents pushing these limits, and then the the, the what are concerned uh, the you know the, the well known publishers are like, you know what? Instead of looking for, instead of having talent to look for, let's just see what's out right. there. Go ahead. And we live in a we live in an age now too, to where making your own comic or making an indie comic isn't the the burden to entry, the gateway to entry isn't what it used to be. You know, anybody with the time to draw and write it together can put it up online and get an audience. Oh yeah, and the other great thing about the internet is the social media. Oh yeah, public promoting it is so much easier right, than exactly. it used to be. <laughs> yeah, finding finding your audience is a, is amazingly easier compared to what it was you know fifteen twenty thirty years ago. Exactly. And I mean, it's funny because I also started doing a webcomic a couple of years mm -hmm. ago. I usually use, I just use social media yeah. to bring people over. And I get about maybe at, at this point anywhere from 200 to 250 views a yeah. month. I'm, and that's not putting, and that's probably, you know, putting really not any money into advertising, just doing social media, right? 
Yeah, exactly. It's what's so, great about this modern age we live in, and it's great for indie artists like this. I love it. Yeah, and so so to me, the whole idea behind the exhibition is twofold. Again, is to let because there's still a lot of people out there who are not look at comics, especially the independent comics. Yeah, as soon as our form. Right. But I'm hoping that this will actually make other people aware. It's like, wait a minute, there are people out there who are doing something a little different mm-hmm. than what we're used to. And also, by putting, it's, it's funny, there was an interesting, there's an artist um, uh, by the name of Marcel Duchamp. And one of his, and of course, he became known for putting a um, stuff in a gallery. One of them was a toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you didn't make this. So why is this art? And he, his, his, his philosophy was, I put it in a gallery. Yeah. Now that's in a gallery, it's yeah, now yeah, art. It's art. <laughs> so my thing is like, then why don't we just take some comic book pages? Art gallery, then it's art. There we go. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. nice. Well, yeah. so I want to say thank you for talking with me. I, I really hope that people go and find this on Indiegogo and help you support this to get this, get this funded for you. Um, I'll have links for this in the description of the show, and I'll share links around on all of our social media for you. Uh, if you want to find it and you're listening to this, just go to Indiegogo and just search up MLAC, and it should come up for you. It'll say Independent Comics Artist Show, and then – Read up. They got some good. They got some good uh, backing rewards there. It's, it looks like it's a lot of fun. I wish I could go to it, but it's it's pretty far away from my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I, I would ask is if I do, please do support it because understand by just even giving a support, even though you're not yes. there, you're opening up more venues for other artists who could probably. I'm hoping you will say to them, you know what, if it works out here, why don't we do it in our area now and just just keep it going and really just it's just one way to help. The, the the comic scene and all the artists out there, creators yeah. out there, make people aware you're an artist, you're a creator. Let's recognize you for what you really are doing. Right. So even if you can't make it to the show, if you, if you if you're like me and you feel like it's a good idea, kick in what you can to help help get it funded and help them do what they want to do. Yeah, I, I, we would really really appreciate it. So what do you think of uh, of the MLAC? I'm actually excited for that. That's cool. Yeah, man. I mean, unfortunately, it's in Canada, so we can't really go to it. But he, he's hoping that if this one picks up and takes off, they can do more around around the U.S. and in Canada to like to showcase that comic comic books are fine art. Yeah, well, they are. They are. We've had that discussion many times on this show, and we both feel we that have. way. I hundred percent. Comic books are fine art. I mean, it's it's storytelling. It's it, it's as much fine art as any other art form would be, in my opinion. Yeah, man. I, I think they're forward thinking. They're progressive. And I don't mean progressive politically, although a lot of them are. But that's not what I mean. I just mean progressive and showing new styles and new art and new ways to do things. And I mean, just look at color tones from the 1960s, from the 1940s, to the 1960s, to the 1980s till today. You know, you, there's right. drastic changes in the way things are done. And it's really, really cool. I mean, I think it's cool that more and more people, and I think the movies have a lot to do with this, that more and more people are are going back and seeing what these original plot lines are and then appreciating what they're going because you're having everything. You're having literature, you're having, you know, drawing, you have, you have all these elements that make up a comic book that you don't get in any other medium. That's true. And because you don't have, you have it to where it's, I don't know. It's comic books are are, are beautiful to me because, like you said, they're they're it's literature and it's visual storytelling. So you've got the the visual art down, and you've got yeah. when you actually read them and don't just collect them for artworks like some people do. You get this beautiful stories being told, and like you said, people are going back and looking and finding that in all these comic books, people thought were just for kids. There's these 
intensive stories that that you know are moving and and move plots along and, and tell you these beautiful things. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. There's deep lines that are happening, and there's you know the, the cool thing with com- this is one of my favorite thing with comic books is that you look at a character like Wolverine, right? Yeah. When did he when, when did he come around? 1974, right? 74, 75, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have 40 years, 43 years of context that builds a character. And now when a writer goes and says, I've put Wolverine in this situation, how is he going to react? He can't just arbitrarily decide how he's going to do something. He has 40 years of decisions he has to think about and how he builds that character into that. You don't get that anywhere else. There's precedence for it. And it's yeah. awesome. I mean, and that's what the, the, the legend, how, how do I say it? The legend characters or the legend, not legendary, but the, uh, legacy, legacy characters, you know, and, yeah. and it's kind of neat. You get that with Batman, you get that with Superman and that's what ca- that's what gives you the ability for you and I to have a, a, an argument or discussion or however you want to call it about who can beat <laughs> up who and who should be with who and all that kind of stuff. Cause you have four, you know, you have 40, 80 years of, of material to think about. Right. And it, it makes it, it, I mean, it literally gives us a, a podcast to talk about <laughs> things. Yeah. Yeah. It literally does. Yeah. You know what I was thinking today is I'm watching the Punisher and who, and Oh no, you know what? I, this is not an original thought because Kevin Smith talked about this before him and Mark Bernard in just a couple of episodes ago on their podcast. And it was, who's the original man in the chair? Is it microchip? Yeah, I think so. Isn't it? 1987 is when microchip was, was came out volume two of Punisher number four, which mm-hmm. is, I think the Punisher unlimited series. Cause I think they consider his mini series volume one. Right. Oracle came out in 1989, I think, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anybody before that that was a man, the the, the voice in the chair, I should say. I shouldn't say the man, I guess, but whatever. Right. But the voice in the chair, I can't think of anything before that. Now, when you have a superhero on now TV. it's such a trope, yeah. It's, it's such a almost trope. Everybody, like everybody has it. Everybody has a voice in the chair. I mean, you have... Supergirl on on CW and she's got what's yep. his name the toy man Arrow has son. one Flash has one Arrow Flash they all have a man in their voice in the chair it's it's interesting yeah. I, hmm. I, I never thought about that before I never thought about that before either until they brought that up who's the original voice in the chair is it microchip and I was like I can't really think of anybody before that there might have been instances where there was a voice in the chair but not, but not as consistently a, not as a consistent character as a main character yeah. even though microchip so you could argue that microchip isn't really a main character on punisher except for in specific arcs cuz there's multiple t- i think there's like two times that he's killed microchip yeah yeah i mean Garth I mean, Ennis had him blow him away with a shotgun to the face so Right. I mean, he always comes back to him. He's been in the movies, the TV show. You know, yeah. always, he's always there. It was a I, part I of like it. the way they portray him in the in the TV show right now. Oh yeah, man. He's uh, he's he's such a he's an intriguing character. I like it. So I just it's a thought in my mind. I had to bring it out now. I know it's not really yeah. germane to our conversation, but it was like yeah, I, it's if fun. I don't get it out, then it's like oh, it might be lost to the ether. Right, right. So if, if you're listening and you can think of somebody before microchip that was the the man in the chair, the guy in the chair, the, whatever person, the voice in the chair. In the chair. The voice, yeah, the voice in the chair. Uh, let us know on Twitter at Spoiler Country and, and let us know so we can know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into it as well. But if you know it already, tell us. 
That's right. Okay. And uh, our, what's the last one? Our last story is with 19-year-old Preston Smith with Lucky Shot. My name is Preston Smith. Uh, I am the editor and creator of Lucky Shot. Lucky Shot is a spy buddy comic book uh, a comedy series about Jamie King, a.k.a. Lucky Shot, uh, as an all-star agent for the Earth Protection's ET division. That is until he fumbles a big mission and is saved by a rookie agent, a.k.a. Strike. Now the two teamed up to prevent a galactic invasion by saving an ambassador that was kidnapped. And that's where um, the first issue starts. Nice. So we're diving into a new... Um, a new side to the Splotch Comics universe. We just uh, we just got our second issue of Crossfire funded, so we have that awesome. side going. That's awesome. Um, so it's a new uh, it's a new side to the universe. It's all connected though, too, Excellent. as well. So who's all who, who's all working on the book? Uh, it's written by Marcel Dupree. It's drawn by Marcelo Trom. It's colored by Andrea Celestini, and letters are by Nikki Powers. And you're the editor and you created the series, right? Yes. That's awesome. I'm looking at the art right now. and The art very much reminds me of the book Chew. Have you read that one? Yes, I love that book. Yeah, the art reminds me of Chew very much, which, which, is a, which is a good thing because I love that book and I love that art. <laughs> I do too. I was actually looking for an art style similar because it definitely wow. fits how the, uh, the story is going to be told. It's going to be um, comedy but also serious, um, and I'm very excited to see where it goes. Nice. So do you have, at this point, for the Kickstarter, is the book already done, or are you waiting for the Kickstarter to end to finish out the book? Uh, we are currently in progress. Um, we'll need the Kickstarter to finish that progress, um, but we do have more than what we're showing right of course, now. Of course. Awesome. So this, how many how many Kickstarters have you done total now? I'm just curious. Uh, this is our second campaign okay um well it's our third but the first one is unsuccessful so i don't talk about that one <laughs> it didn't happen um, it didn't happen it, yeah it doesn't exist yeah yeah um, but our our last one was funded um in september for crossfire issue two nice. i believe on september 3rd and so that's in production right now we're getting as many updates to them as we can that is cool uh, so yeah. this is, it's all one connected universe yeah, it's all connected. Everything that's going to be in Splotch Comics will be in the same connected universe. Cool. Is Now, is Lucky Shot a planned arc, or is it a, an ongoing series, or is it an ongoing series with mini arcs inside of it? It's an ongoing series with mini arcs inside of it. Nice, nice. So how, how long is the first arc? Um, we're aiming to have about five issues Cool. for the first one. Nice. And you're based out of Spokane, Washington, right? Yes. That's cool. I just, I'm in Seattle, Washington, so like. Whenever oh, see, no kidding. Yeah, whenever I see people in Washington, I'm like, yes, home state. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys going – are you going to have a presence at Emerald City this year? Uh, I will be there not as a not as a presence for the company, but I'll be there. Nice. I'll be there for too. fun. Yeah, we should, uh, we should meet up and get a drink or something. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, you can uh, – we're having um, – we're trying to set up as many people we talk to from Kickstarter and, and other kind people, um, my co-host and I. That are coming to everyone to say it to like just either do a drink and draw or just go to the bar and just shoot the shit and have fun. Well, that sounds great. Um, yeah. I'll be able to legally do that in two years. Oh, well, then we'll go to a Chuck E. Cheese. Perfect. That's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, well, they serve beer at Chuck E. Cheese too. I mean, oh, do they really? They do, yeah. I have, I have a, a shit ton of kids. I have five kids. So I go there a lot. I've gone there a lot. <laughs> 
And parents got to get through it somehow, huh? Right. I actually calculated it out. You can go to Chuck E. Cheese, have your kids play for two hours, and get shit faced for like sixty bucks. So I'm like, ah, well, not too bad. this weekend's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I don't, re- I don't really drink except for special occasions that call for it. But you know, I, I like to do the math of it, so it's fun that way. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, wow, so you're only you're only 19 and, and doing comics town, and you're, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you. no, I uh, I get I I got started pretty young comparatively. When um, did you do your first one? Like when when did you start wanting to get into comics? Um, when I first wanted to, uh, my sophomore year of high school, and then it took me until about my senior year to get enough money to get the first issue of Crossfire created. Yeah. And that was all out of pocket. And then I started <laughs> learning about Kickstarter because I cannot do this out of pocket anymore. Right. It's it's expensive. Yeah, I did my first couple books out of my, out of pocket, and that nearly broke me a long you know about ten years ago. <laughs> it's uh, it's killer. But Kickstarter is amazing for indie people. I love I love indie comics. And I love Kickstarter for that for the fact I can find new books to read. Absolutely. I just like scrolling through and seeing all the projects that I haven't heard about just right. in the in the circle on Facebook. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's funny because I always think, oh, I, I've scrolled through Kickstarter. I know what's up there. Then I see more. I'm like, how did I miss all this cool stuff? <laughs> yeah. There's just so much going on like all the time. Yeah, it's true. It's hard to keep up. There's new ones. When I, I did my first Kickstarter God, a couple of years ago, and at the time there was you know, a handful, a couple handfuls of comic books up there. Now there's like the comic book section is increasingly huge, and there's a lots of variety up there, which, which I love about comics because you can have different, so many different varieties of stories being told in the same medium, which is it's really cool. Absolutely. It's kind of like animation in that way is yeah. where it's not really a genre. It's just its own section of media, really. Right. I was talking to somebody. And they made it. They were talking about, you know, people are like, oh, I don't like comic books. But you don't see people say, oh, I don't like movies or I don't like books because right. comic books, yeah, like you said, they're not a genre. They're a, a way to absorb a story. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. So you have as of today, which is the 21st. And this will go up. People will be listening to us on the 22nd. You have nine days left. And you're almost a goal, so I hope you I hope you hit the goal. Um, oh, me too. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna share your link out here just in a second, and then I'll also share it tomorrow when we post this up there because um, it sounds fun. I like the way you described. It. I've been reading the Kickstarter here, and the because I love the artwork in it. I'm I, I'm a very I'm a big fan of that style of art. So <laughs> uh, thank you, thank yeah. you. It's awesome. One of the one of the ways I I'm an artist myself, so one of the ways I always determine whether or not not that I like the art, but determine like if I think it's awesome or not is is it a style that I don't draw in? Then I think it's better than it would be. If it's a style I draw, oh, I could draw that. But if it's something I don't draw in, like I definitely, oh. don't, I definitely don't draw in this style at all. Which makes all me, right. Which makes like okay, it's something I don't normally do. Therefore, it's for me, it's a little bit cooler because it's not something I, I can do myself. Right. No, I get that. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. I'm actually I'm I'm gonna back the book here um, tonight. I'm not sure which one I'm gonna pick yet, but you'll have a new backer probably by tomorrow morning from me. So. Awesome. Can't wait. Yep. And I hope more people who listen to this go and back your Kickstarter because it definitely looks like it's, it's worthwhile and worth doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. That was Preston. He is 19 and uh, been making comics for a couple of years. So in high school, making comic books. He, This is his third book he's put out, and he's the editor of this Splotch Universe company he's created. And he's got I love the name. writers and artists. Yeah, Splotch. He's got writers and artists working for him. He's the editor and he's the creator of the series. So he makes the series, he edits this, and then he hires people to to tell the stories. And he's got some, from the looks of it and his synopsis, he's got some pretty good people working for him, which is, I'm excited. You know what I like about him being 19? He's, hmm. so, he's still young enough that he doesn't know what not to do. 
Right. He can make new. He can make the same mistakes or learn from those and make new mistakes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But innovation comes out of that. You know, when people tell yeah. you not to do this, then you don't do it. And it's like starting a new job, right? Right. And you come in and you're like, oh my God, if you guys just did this, this, and this, you could streamline your process. And the first thing you normally hear is, we already tried that. It doesn't work. But right. you didn't try but it with can, me. Right. You can try something new and try try the same thing in a new way from a new a new set of eyes and find a way to succeed at it. Yeah. I and mean, it, I've done that. I've done that in my job many times. Yeah. Like, he'll take chances that- yeah somebody like maybe like a Walt Simonson won't maybe he will because I don't know Walt Simonson I'm just using it because he's been in comics forever example yeah yeah but you you get what I'm saying he'll definitely do things that like a Frank Miller won't do right Frank Miller has a formula and that's what he sticks with yeah and this is cool that he's young enough and you don't know you know and the fact that he's taken this much time and this much effort to yeah to start what he's doing and then you don't know what'll come out later on it's pretty exciting right I get excited when I see young people. And I feel old even saying that, but see people, you know, because you are below twenty one. I am old. You're over thirty, dude. 21, no one can trust you. This is true. But people below twenty one getting into creating, whether it's comic books or music or whatever, just using their mind and creating stuff. They feel like the youth of the world. And God, I'm so fucking old. They create. <laughs> the, they create really cool stuff. They, really they, they not, have the though. ability to create new things. You yeah, know? I love it. I just, I just love it. Well, it's, a lot. yeah, you just don't know what's going to come out of his brain, and that's what to me that's that's exciting. I mean, you don't know. Yeah. I mean, two years from now, he might get a scholarship and go to college, and then and become an engineer and never do it again. Who knows? Yeah, or or in five years, we may be hearing from this new you know this new head writer over at you know this Marvel comic or something. You know, who knows? Right, right. or he might or come his, up with own, some book like I don't know, Copperhead. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> ding 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 ding! But I was thinking Woo! more like um, Obar coming up with the crow. Oh yeah, something that just takes off and, and stays indie and goes well in today's modern terms goes viral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, dude, he, he was, they, that was coming out of a publisher that had not much. Yeah, coming out of there. I mean, not much. Not much to talk about. And then yeah. they this. Thing that's still going to, I mean, that still has a following and still going today. That's right. I mean, they're rebooting awesome. the franchise. Yeah. I mean, they've so done TV shows, they've done movies, they're doing another, a, a new movie series. So, I mean, it's, yeah. And it's, but it just, who knows? You, yeah. You don't know what's going to come out. And I mean, and you could say that for anybody who's doing a Kickstarter yeah. or independent, like, you know, Kevin Joseph and Tart. And you I just know. think when you're younger, you have that. That sense of, like you said, the sense of not knowing what not to do. So you take you take more chances and more risks. You'll so you take have, a risk that other people won't do. Or, right. You know, your, your risk reward is greater because you have more to lose and more to gain, you know? Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. And it's... it's Exactly. It's a cool... Th- I think it's a cool thing. So much respect to Preston for diving into what you want to do at such a young age and getting into it. It's, it that's awesome. Yeah. Go get it, buddy. Go get it. All right. Well, that, that ends our... That's a show. This is fourth... This is the fourth episode of... This is the, fir- the fourth... Kickstarter signal boost that we've done. There we go. Now, if you have a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo, because we should preface it that the MCL is a, or the MLAC is an Indiegogo, not a Kickstarter. It is, yeah. And And we'll have that link in the show notes. Yep. As always, all the links will be in the show notes. Yeah. But if you have a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or an independent comic book that's doing something to raise funds. Some crowdfunding campaign of some sort. Let us know. If we should be yeah. a part of it and get them on and, and we'll talk about it. Whisper, Whisper Wins is a great example of that. Somebody yeah. sent us to us, says, hey, Mark Shoemaker, actually a buddy of mine sent it to us. And hey, you guys got to check this guy out. He's great. He might be good to have on the show to get his name out there, get his stuff out there. 
And, and it was awesome. More than happy to do that. That was amazing. And yeah. it's a great story. Yeah. So his on Twitter at Spoiler Country, shoot us an email, spoilercountry at gmail.com with what you got and a link to what you're doing. And we'll see about scheduling you to come on for another signal boost. Yep. And you can get us on Facebook as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Facebook, just search Spoiler Country and you'll find us there. Yep. Or you can reply and make a comment on one of these, on, on one of the Kickstarter signal boosts or any episode on, yeah, SoundCloud, on SoundCloud or go to our website and see what we have there. Exactly. SpoilerCountryPod.com. Our websites, we're, I'm making updates to it this week, so it's going to be cooler. That's right. I promise. And, you know, check us out on SoundCloud, TuneIn, iPad, iPad, iTunes. iPad. <laughs> yeah. Google, Google Play, Play. Everywhere. Stitcher. Yeah, we're yep. everywhere. There's only a couple places that we're not in, and someday we'll be there. But you know what? And for no, right now, you can get us anywhere else. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social media stuff out there. We're active on Twitter all day long. So if you want to talk to us, hit us up on Twitter. If you want to support us, we have Patreon. So patreon.com slash spoiler country, kicking a buck a month, whatever you want to do, and have some cool rewards there and help support what we do. Help us get that push to keep going, to keep doing what we're doing. Or there's an Amazon affiliate link you can click on. Go click on that and just buy whatever you want to buy on Amazon, and we'll get a little, a little percentage of that to help us you know, fund what we're doing and pay the bills here. Yeah, I think we've made like $2 on that. Hey, $2 better than no dollars, man. I didn't see any of it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't think I saw it either because it, it, it comes in a check in the mail and I haven't gotten the check yet. So, <laughs> oh really? I, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they don't, it's, it's not direct deposit. They, they they mail you a check. So we have a check coming for like two dollars and eighteen cents. So hey, yeah, yeah, and yeah, but everything helps. Everything <laughs> helps because all that that's, that two dollars is going to go right, right into paying off one of the subscription fees we have for one of the things we use, like SoundCloud or Crowdfire or something. Yeah, and we have a new thing on Patreon. If you subscribe to our Patreon. You'll get early shows, correct? Yeah, exactly. Because I'll be probably not this one because we're recording it Tuesday night and it'll be up tomorrow morning on Wednesday. But any show we have done early, which should be most of them, well, they'll be on Patreon as soon as they're done editing and then they'll go up on the normal times on SoundCloud. There you go. All right, guys, that is our show. I think we are out of here. Yeah? We're out. Until next time. We're out. Peace.